The ceilings of St. John's Episcopal Church in downtown Montgomery, Alabama, are painted a rich, vibrant blue. On each magnificent wooden panel is stenciled a giant golden image, either a cross surrounded by a sunburst or a Star of David with IHS written in the middle. The images repeat, alternating across the ceiling of the church, unmistakable to any sighted person who walks through the door. But it hasn't always been that way. Decades ago, the stencils on the ceiling were hardly recognizable. Before electric lamps were installed in the church, worshipers gathered by the light of oil lanterns and candlesticks, and over the years, the black, sooty smoke deposited a thick layer, a residue on the ceiling, obscuring its beauty. A costly but successful restoration brought back the brilliance of the ceiling, exposing to the congregation what no one really remembered having ever been there. It was like discovering that that piece of art, which has been hanging mostly unnoticed in your living room for decades, is actually a priceless masterpiece. When I worked there, I used to walk into that church just to look up and stare at the ceiling. One day, I came upon a man who had walked into the church in order to do the same thing. He looked at me and asked, Are you the minister here? One of them, I told him, with a cautious, almost embarrassed tone, he whispered, well, I see those crosses and all, but is this a Christian church? When I told him that yes, Episcopalians are Christians, he responded, then why are all of those Jewish symbols written across the ceiling? When I tried to explain to him that Jesus was, in fact, Jewish, he refused to believe me. And to be honest, if the only story he had ever heard about Jesus was John's passion narrative, I don't think I could blame him. John seems to go out of his way to make sure that we are left with the impression that it was the Jewish people who are responsible for Jesus' death. But there can be no doubt that the one who was crucified was actually killed under the authority of the Roman Empire using a distinctly Roman form of execution. If the Jews had killed him, they would have stoned him to death. The empire reserved the brutality of crucifixion for slaves and seditionists, a warning to its subjects of what it would do to anyone who dared to challenge its power. But John's gospel account makes it seem like the only people who actually wanted Jesus dead were his Jewish compatriots. Over 
and over and over again, John used the Greek word eudios, which is properly translated as Jews. But given that Jesus and his followers were just as Jewish as anyone else, we have to push beyond the indiscriminate labels that John used in order to understand what really happened that day. In a very real sense, the church has always been in the business of telling this story a little carelessly, continually pushing the reality of Good Friday off onto someone else. Initially, it was Judas who caught the anger of the Christian community, and the gospel tradition quickly identified him as the Satan-inspired reason for Jesus' death. But by the time John's gospel account was written, only 60 or 70 years after Jesus' death, Christianity had more or less broken away from its Jewish roots and a rivalry which was fueled by the threat of imperial persecution, began to shape the way of Jesus in anti-Judaic and even anti-Semitic ways. That made it a lot easier for John to use the term Jews without having to explain to anybody what he meant. And once he did, it was hard to look back. In every generation since, whether during the Crusades or during the Reformation, or during the rise of fascism, Christians have routinely attacked Jewish people, blaming them for what happened to Jesus. Even now, our Jewish siblings know that they are more likely to be assaulted during the Christian Holy Week because of the way that our sacred scriptures describe the passion of our Lord. More recently, scholars and preachers have attempted to recover the ways in which Jesus' arrest, torture, and execution were the actions not of the Jewish people, but of a Gentile state. The sign over the cross, which we call the titulus, in particular lets us know that Jesus was killed by the Romans because he pretended to be a king, no matter what spin the gospel stories might put on the historical record. Marcus Borg, and John Dominic Crossan, in their book, The Last Week, tried to weave together the two strands of blame, showing the ways in which Jesus' prophetic actions were a threat both to the Roman Empire, but also to the Jewish authorities who were allowed to operate by that empire. I like Borg and Crossan's synthetic approach, and I think it probably gets as close to the historical truth as we can. But even then, it still feels like we're trying to push the blame for what happened to Jesus off onto someone else. What if it wasn't any of those people? What if the point of Good Friday is to show us that you and I are responsible for Jesus' death? The way of Jesus is the way of salvation. And Jesus, in both life and death, shows us that his way always involves the radical reversal of power in this world. That is the truth to which he came to testify, and it is the truth that neither Pilate, nor the Jewish authorities, nor you nor I can fully understand. No matter who we are, 
no matter when we live, because we are human. When we are asked to renounce all of our power in order to accept the way of salvation that is presented to us, we balk. We stumble. We fail. And then we look for someone else to blame. That's why following Jesus always leads to the cross, the ultimate expression of our failure to let go of our own need to be in control of the outcome, our failure to put down our desire to be found on the winning side, our failure to give up our say in who comes out on top. Whoever has the power to tell the story of who is right and who is wrong will always find a way to push the blame off onto someone else. And that is why I need to recognize not only my own complicity, but even my willful participation in the death of Jesus. I need to know that my own failures, the very limitations and flaws within my mortal nature are embodied in the one who hangs upon the cross. I'm not looking for someone to take my place or to suffer God's wrath in my stead, but I need to know that the tragedy which unfolds on Good Friday belongs not to someone else, but to me. I need to recognize that I, too, cast my lot in favor of execution, or else I can never know that what follows on Easter is meant for me as well. We need to hear ourselves within the story of Christ's death in order to find our place in the miracle of his resurrection. We need to do that, not only because the way that anti-Semitic influences have led us to tell this story throughout the centuries are an abomination to the one whom we come to adore today, but also because as long as we are intent on blaming someone else, we will never know that God's great reversal of the world is also the reversal of our own failures. Of course, none of us wants to look upon the manifestation of our self-seeking impulses, but that is where true healing starts. If it were up to us, we'd much rather find someone else to blame, but thanks be to God, we don't have to. Thank you.